Hello, everyone. I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Nick Iricchio. And we are the Movie Knights. Well, some of them. If you're watching this, it's because you want to hear our uncensored, unfiltered thoughts and opinions about the world of movies and entertainment news. So kick back, relax, and thank you for being part of the conversation. Justin Long liked our reel. Justin Long did like our reel. We put out a reel uh, just saying that we love Justin Long, and he, he gave us a little like. Yes. I've been smiling about it all he, morning. He's one of the ten that liked it. Yes. You're one of the ten. <laughs> Which is surprising. Normally, like, if it was doing really well... It's gotta blow up. Because you never know what those... Yeah. And I appreciate it. Yeah, meanwhile, our Final Destination TikTok got, like... Took off 50,000 likes, and we tagged both the directors in it, and they're like, not good enough. <laughs> and we're like, you know what? Fair. So you never know. You never know. No shade in those directors, by the way. Uh, and we are gonna... We have a... We have a uh, a medium show, I feel uh, like. We have a medium show, but a lot of these topics are going to spark, I think, a big conversation. Probably. Mostly toward the end. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But anyway, I would like you to start introducing the topics for us, and we can get this show on the road for all seven of the people watching and listening. So here's the thing. We really need to stop starting with the sad news. Yeah. But unfortunately, we do have some more sad news to report. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beloved Scottish actor Robbie Coltrane died today at 72. His agent confirmed to Deadline. The Harry Potter, James Bond, and Crackers star died at a hospital near his home in Larbert, Scotland. The award-winning actor had been ill had been in ill health for the past two years. Yeah, so um, I'm not familiar with his show Crackers, but apparently he was a very popular show over in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember which James Bond film he was in, but I, I believe Goldfinger. Okay. Obviously, the w- w- big one in our generation that he's going to be remembered for is for playing Hagrid in the Harry Potter franchise. And uh, this one kind of got to me. I As soon as I saw the news, I immediately just texted my mom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hagrid died. Like, it was just like a, like a, I didn't see it coming at all, you know? And uh, he was not only an integral part of that movie, but he was like the one of the moral compasses of the, those films and for those characters. And uh, it was, it got me. It got me in the heartstrings a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, how how did you feel once you heard this news? Um, I mean, I think it's always sad when you see an actor or actress or anything like that of who's been around for that long passes Mm -hmm. you kind of always just have that moment of you know but it says here he was you know ill for the past two years i don't believe they disclosed what the illness was Mm -hmm. but if he had been struggling for two years you know it's always kind of that bittersweetness of no struggle and everything Mm -hmm. um my um i guess my connection to robbie coltrane came recently because Mm -hmm. i actually just saw the harry potter movies Mm -hmm. for the first time that's right last year Mm mm-hmm so I never really grew up like following it, but I mean I loved Haggard in the movie, so I saw that mm-hmm. and I was like, oh yeah, you know it's like the same thing with like Alan Rickman's passing because mm-hmm. I knew him from so many different things. I yeah. wasn't overly familiar with Robbie Coltrane mm-hmm. until Haggard, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean I know especially for people that love that franchise because I know there's people that love yeah. Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. It probably is a devastating loss for that. Yeah, but he leaves behind. A generation of work for people to watch and see for everyone so did you see that um i know last year or this year they did that like harry potter reunion yes, thing have you yeah. seen that clip going around online there's I like have. a clip from robbie coltrane talking and he's like i mean 15 years time i won't be here mm-hmm. but the movies will be mm-hmm. and that makes me happy and i yeah. was like oh well why am i sad now yeah yeah it's 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 really it puts it in a whole new perspective yeah so um really sad to hear that but 
all the other news we have, we're going to be chip and chipper. So what do you got for us next? Our next one comes from us from Deadline as well. Uh, Paramount Pictures is moving forward with a new Naked Gun reboot with Liam Neeson in negotiations to star and Akiva Schaefer set to direct. While no green light has been given at the time, sources say it's heading in that direction once a deal closes for Neeson. Yes, uh, thank you for bringing that in. And uh, this is awesome news. Uh, not only do I love like Naked Gun, you know, famously le- the lead of um, Leslie, Les- Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen leading those, and that's funny, Leslie Nielsen, Liam Neeson. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I think this is a great move for Liam Neeson because mm-hmm. he's been doing a lot of action movies recently, some good, some bad. Always his last one. Every time he's like, "This is my last action movie," correct? Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that he finally just gets to relax and have fun because yeah. whenever he does do comedy, it's hysterical. Like, I loved him in, uh, I believe he was in A Million Ways to Die in the West. Yes. Which I think is an underrated movie. I like that movie. Mm-hmm. And he was so funny in Ted 2. Oh, he has like a brief role in Ted 2, right? Yeah. Where he's buying Fruit Loops or yeah. something. No, um, Tricks. Tricks. Tricks yeah. are for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing bit. And so I think this is a fun move for him. I think, you know, it's nice going to be seeing him have some fun. I'm unfamiliar with the director's work. At least the name doesn't ring a bell. Uh, Akiva Schaefer is one of the Lonely Island that's right. Yes. He, I am very familiar with the director's work. He then. most recently Popstar, directed. Right. He directed Popstar and uh-huh. he most recently directed uh, the Chippendale Rescue Rangers for Disney+. Plus. Mm, I still need to watch that. I heard it's great. I um, liked it. It's got a lot of mixed online. So, I thought I enjoyed it. Yeah. So I forgive me. I am familiar with the director's work. <laughs> the name just wasn't ringing a bell. So, yeah, that makes me even more excited. I'm pumped about this. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really good. What are your thoughts on uh, this whole dynamic happening for a Naked Gun reboot? I mean, I think it's I. I haven't seen a lot of the Naked Gun movies. I know I've seen mm-hmm. the first one, but I know there's like, yeah, five or six or mm-hmm. so. But I love Airplane. Yes, with him, mm-hmm. and I think the best thing about Leslie Nielsen in those old movies is that he's almost like a straight man, but he's still being ridiculous. But he's so dry with the delivery that it works, mm-hmm. which Liam Neeson could do perfectly. Like I'm not out here expecting Liam Neeson to trip on a banana peel and step on a rake and get hit in the head. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm expecting just dry one-liners and chaos around him. Yes. Which I think is perfect, and I think that the whole Lonely Island team is hysterical. I agree. Um, so I'm excited that Akiva can just go and have fun with a movie and do those kinds of, like, stupid bits. Yes, and... Whenever we bring up Liam Neeson, I'm always going to remind people that they need to see the movie Cold Pursuit. And uh, Cold Pursuit was great. I forgot so, about Cold it's Pursuit. It's so good, and it's funny, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. It's a action comedy, and it's a remake of another film. I haven't seen the original, mm-hmm. but uh, it's, so, it's such a fun action comedy, and Liam Neeson really has great comedic moments in the movie. Yeah. And uh, they do have a 4K that I do not have, and that is a shame. So I will get on that. But what do you guys think about Liam Neeson joining the Naked Gun reboot, directed by one of the members of The Lonely Island? Let us know as we move on to our next story. What do you got for us next, Nicholas? Uh, This next one comes from Variety. Uh The Percy Jackson and the Olympians series at Disney Plus has added three new actors to its cast. Adam Copeland, who viewers may remember as Edge from WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suzanne Cryer, who uh, I believe she was on Silicon Valley for a bit. Okay. And Jessica Parker Kennedy, who was on oh, Vikings? Black Sails. Okay. Um, are the latest additions to the cast of the series based on Rick Riordan, Percy Jackson novels. 
I'm going to let you go ahead with this one because you love the Percy Jackson series and WWE. Yes, I do. This was a crossover in my brain that I did not know that I needed. Because, like, I haven't followed WWE in a really long time. Like, I still go to, like, the NXT event sometimes with Chuck. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Chuck. But I loved the Ruthless Aggression era. That's when I grew up. And Edge kind of carried over quick WWE history. Edge carried over from the Attitude Era into the Ruthless Aggression Era, where he had several rivalries with Matt Hardy, with John Cena. Mm-hmm. And uh, I he was always a bad guy. And it was just amazing. He, he, he played a bad guy so well for WWE. And then it, but he was so good at it. And, you know, being a fan, like you hate him in the story of it all, but he's such a great performer that you respect him. Yeah. And I remember he had an injury where he had to retire. And, like, it's the saddest thing. Like, I'll show you the video after. Like, it might even make you tear up. Like, he just comes out into the ring in jeans mm-hmm. and, like, announces that he has to quit. And, like, just the whole audience just clapping for him. Oh. <laughs> and it was, and it's bizarre because he's the bad guy in the story. So you're not used to that. But just the level of respect that everyone showed, like, in that moment was such, like, yeah, a great thing. Like, they know he's the bad guy, but they don't. Yeah. He's but, not. But, but a bad he guy. is a badass great performer great on the mic everything okay and then in 2020 or 2021 he came back unannounced and i think it was the royal rumble or something and literally like his music just starts and that's another video i gotta show you of everyone just being like no fucking way like (laughs) because he came back after years because he was done from this injury yeah and he came back and he was in the best shape of his life and it was just insane anyway moving on percy jackson love those fucking books are like my favorite book series and um, the movies exist. And, you know, when we heard about they were doing the show, we got really excited, obviously, because they're probably going to do a season per book. And Edge playing Ares didn't know I wanted it. <laughs> but when I hear it, I'm like, okay, yeah. Because I know he's been getting into acting recently. I know he was on a couple seasons of Vikings. He was on Vikings. I believe he played Adam Smasher on the Flash TV show. Oh, I, I didn't see that. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's great. He's playing Ares, and then uh, Cryer is playing um, Echidna. I, I believe that's how you pronounce it. And then um, Kennedy is playing Medusa. And, oh, that's a good cast. And, and we all know who how that ends up in the book. It's not the movie where he uses the back of an iPod. Genius. An iPod. That's how you know your movie's from 2010. <laughs> Let's put an iPod in there. Yeah. And the reflective surfaces. Anyway. Um, was it? Did Ares ever make it to the movies? No. Haiti. I was thinking of Hades. Yeah. My bad. It was Hades and Persephone. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Bruh. Ares in the book is awesome. Yeah. And for anyone who re- reads it knows that him and Percy fucking duke it out. And so I'm excited and I hope they do that. Now here's my question. We, I don't remember. I don't think he, he never made it to either of the movies. And our prediction was a season, a book. Mm-hmm. Is that no longer the case, or does Ares show up in the novelizations? No, that's in what the I'm first saying. One or two in in the first book, yeah. Ares and Percy like fight. Oh, okay, yeah. Like it's a big deal. I won't spoil it too much for people who yeah. haven't read the book, but like it's a big thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then I'm down. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> I'm very excited. So, well, like we always say here, it's never a bad idea to add talent. Yes, and when you add the rated R superstar, come on, <coughs> dude, come. on on you didn't know you were gonna get roped into watching wwe videos after this but you are sir i think i have plans nope uh, nope nope (laughs) too late uh what do you guys think about this 
awesome casting of the new Percy Jackson series. I know we mostly talked about the Adam Copeland Edge one, mm-hmm. but I think that the other two actresses are very talented and they're going to do great jobs oh, as uh, well. Suzanne Cryer was yeah. absolutely hysterical on her run in Silicon Valley. Cool. She played like this tech industry lead that's was just very like blunt and straightforward, but also like kind of like the uh, so it was like mm-hmm. I. I don't think that's a good idea. We're not going to do that. And then she would just like leave the room mid sentence. <laughs> and it was always so funny. Amazing. And then I, I, I'm not familiar with Jessica Parker. I know she was on black sales and mm-hmm. that was a popular show, but mm-hmm. beside that, I'm not too familiar. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I, I, I feel like they're going to crush it. Yeah. What do you guys think? Let us know in the comments as we move on to a little Marvel section of our show. What? Marvel on this show. <laughs> we haven't had DC in a bit. No, I've noticed that, and DC. it's not on purpose. I promise. DC's been quiet. Well, next week we'll, well have next week we'll have the Black Adam next review. Week we'll have a Black Adam review. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this one is interesting. I'm going to read it through, and then if you want to give a little more um, context, context because we are kind of going off away from Hollywood Reporter Deadline, the typical. Yes. So we take this with a teaspoon of salt. Yes. Well, no, teaspoons a lot. A teaspoon's more than a grain. Take this with a grain of salt. Yes. Very, probably 98%. Yeah, there's there's probably a 90% chance that this is true. Yeah. Uh, So this story comes to us from Slash Film, who is citing a podcast. Yes. So, Slash Film can independently confirm that the news announced live on the Hot Mike with John Roca and Jeff Snyder podcast is in fact true. The role of General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross previously portrayed by William Hurd, who unfortunately passed away, will be recast, yep, you're reading this correctly, Harrison Ford. So here's what's interesting. In regards to the validity of this, um, Jeff Snyder is the one who brought it up on the show. Yeah. And he used to work for the trades. I forget if he worked for Variety or Deadline, maybe both. Okay. But he still has sources that whenever he's feeling it, he'll like, by the way, I heard this. Mm-hmm. Like He was also one of the first people to talk about Blade. And the troubles with Blade. Oh, okay. That, 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 la- that later came out to be true. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's in the know, which is why we felt comfortable reporting it on the show. Mm-hmm. Is because very rarely would he get something this wrong. Yeah. And, that's big. Yeah. And other people have started to come forward and say, hey, I've also heard this. We just haven't heard it in the trades. Mm-hmm. My reasoning for that is because I think we're either going to see him in something really soon or they're going to do an event where it's announced soon. Mm. Or Penn's just not on paper yet. Yeah. And, well, according to Snyder on that podcast, he has officially signed on to to Captain America New World Order, Mm. but he has not signed on for Thunderbolts yet. They're still doing that. Okay. Like, they're they're finalizing that agreement. Yeah. Um, Also, according to Snyder, the reason why it wasn't announced at D23 is because Kathleen Kennedy asked Kevin Feige to keep the focus with him on Indiana Jones. And he agreed. So apparently, the de- the deal for Captain America had been done since D twenty three. But they want Dis- Indiana Jones. Yeah, and they're working to get his deal for Thunderbolts. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yeah. Now, um, this is interesting for a few reasons. One, Harrison Ford. What a get! <laughs> what a get! The man who hates franchises <laughs> and every movie he's ever done. Yes. Who decides to join arguably the biggest franchise going on right now? Yes. Um, you know they're gonna give him shmoney too. Yes. Um. So it's interesting that just he wants to do it, firstly. Mm-hmm. Secondly, he is replacing William Hurt, who, as you mentioned, unfortunately passed away. Yes. And um, Marvel goes through a really funny thing of whether they're going to replace actors or not. Because yeah. how many times have they replaced actors in the past? They replaced Terrence Howard. 
they replaced um uh, Edward Norton. Edward Norton. You know, they've it's they're no stranger to doing it. They also replaced um one of the people in Thor with Zachary Levi. Oh, yes, he was an actor from uh the show Once Upon a Time. Yes. I blanking on his name. Yeah, though, but, but yeah. But they 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 do that all the one time. One of the three or whatever. Thor's yeah. three. Yeah. Yeah. Infamously though, they did not replace Chadwick Boseman for T'Challa. Um for reasons we'll find out in the mm-hmm. movie. My gut feeling is that they were still deciding what to do, and Ryan Coogler, in his morning, wrote a really beautiful script, and mm-hmm. Kevin Feige was like, well, we're not going to not make this. Yeah, I feel like that's probably what happened. I don't know, though. And who knows? Maybe in the future they might some find some multiverse way to bring in T'Challa. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, with this choice, they're going back to their old ways and saying, nope, the sto- their story for Thunderbolt Ross that we still have to tell we're going to do it. So interesting to say the least. Yeah. I didn't know that they were going to continue a story with Thunderbolt Ross. Mm-hmm. Clearly there's a movie called Thunderbolt Bolts coming out. Which may is be... about a team that he specifically yeah. assembles. Yeah, in the comics at least. Yeah. So th- now, if you would have asked me before this news, will we see Red Hulk in the MCU? I would have told you no. Yeah. Now hearing this news, I think it's pretty certain that we're going to see Red Hulk in one of these movies. Yeah, because it kind of goes down to is... Ross essential or mm-hmm. is Red Hulk essential? Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Well, I guess you could just say he can't go back and just have fully CGI'd. Maybe Red Hulk, and then. But I, I don't know if they would. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. But the highlight of this is Harrison Ford's going to be in the MCU, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And you know him taking the role. You know, I'm not going to speak for him, but me just trying to think about it. One, he probably thinks the story is interesting. Mm-hmm. Two, he's probably like, I'm going to make sure. I, I, he already has money. Don't get me wrong. But he's like, I'm going to make sure that my family has sh- money when yeah. I go. And three, um, to him, an actor like William Hurt is probably somebody he saw as a colleague or maybe even looked up to. Yeah. And so taking on this role is probably like, a I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this for them, you know, and just kind of see where it goes we've seen examples of that before of actors taking on roles because like it was their friend and they wanted to keep it going like Heath Ledger's last movie was the Imaginarium of Dr. Something Mm -hmm. and um, when he he died like halfway through shooting and so three different actors came in and finished the movie and they wrote into the script that he can like change his appearance oh wow and it was the three actors were all his friends and Mm -hmm. they came in like it was Jude Law Johnny Depp and one more Mm -hmm. came and like played the rest of the roles for him Oh, that's cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's not unprecedented, but what are your thoughts on Harrison Ford joining the MCU as Thunderbolt Ross? I mean, I always love Harrison Ford, especially when he just gets to be a grumpy old man, which I is... I hope he gets to go on the press tour. Which is literally I just... hope so. Yeah. Have you seen... What did you feel about joining the Marvel Universe? I've never seen any of the movies. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh. he's going to have, like, just some blatantly dry... I said, show me the money, and yeah. boy, they did. Mm-hmm. Um... Well, because what's interesting to me about it is a lot of times when you recast, I feel like the new actor wants to come in and do something different. Mm -hmm. Like Mark Ruffalo's Hulk is completely different. Like even Smart Hulk aside, let's just take Avengers. Avengers 1 Mm -hmm. is very different from Edward Norton's portrayal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don Cheadle's War Machine compared to Terrence Howard's War Machine. Mm -hmm. Very different. Or I guess Terrence Howard's never War Machine. Colonel Mm -hmm. James Rhodes. Yeah. Um, Harrison Ford, one, just being who he is as a person, 
and what the role requires, I don't think he's going to reinvent the wheel here. No. Like, I don't think we're going to see anything new. I think it's literally just going to be a, you do just this. And he goes, come in and yell. And they're like, yeah. And he goes, done. Yeah, like, I, I think he's going to make it a little bit his own. Yeah. But, but what Marvel's also really good at is letting the actor portray it the way that they want. Yes. But in the story, they assure the audience that it's the same person. And they did it both with Ruffalo and with uh, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle was great because in Iron Man 2, his first line in the movie is, yep, it's me, I'm here, let's move on. Yeah. And it's, which is amazing. And then for Mark Ruffalo, he references the events of the Incredible Hulk in mm-hmm. the Avengers. He's like, yeah, and I broke Harlem. Like, he says it, like, a few times. Yeah. So it lets the audience know, like, yes, this is that version, but it's new. We're going to let them do their thing. And I feel like uh, Harrison Ford, we might get a line or two about, like, the Sokovia Accords or something. Yeah, which they already repealed. Just- we just found out that yeah, they're repealed. Yeah, in, in uh, She-Hulk spoilers, mm-hmm. which is upsetting for Team Iron Man fans, but it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think it's 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 definitely interesting to be sh- for sure. And uh, thinking about it more, like with something like a Black Panther, he's gonna have you have the Black Panther movie, Wakanda Forever, and you'll have the big team up films mm-hmm. that could be, as we're guessing, someone one of uh, like his sister or um, uh, Nakia, whoever or the new Black Koye, Panther, whoever that be. is, yeah. Thinking on the... So you can get away with just transitioning that to mm-hmm. another character. With Ross, I'm trying to think of it now. M- Marvel seems to be going more for this grounded espionage thing. Mm-hmm. So even just in that, you have Secret Invasion. You have Captain America New World Order. You have Thunderbolts. You have... Um, uh, oh, my God. Uh, the Armor Wars movie. Mm-hmm. All of these are very political-based because... Yeah. Rhodey is so high up now in the government. And maybe even Daredevil Born Again. Exactly. So I think you're going to have all this. So it seems like he's a character that could be popping up Mm -hmm. very much in a bunch of places. Mm -hmm. By the way, I heard something about that show that I'll share with you later. Uh, Secret Invasion? Daredevil. Oh, Daredevil. Mm -hmm. Okay. But uh, but yes, I'm I'm very, very excited about this. I think it's a great choice. Now, if it turns out to be false, we will say it on the show mm-hmm. that it was false. But I'm yeah. pretty confident that it's true. And Slash Films, is, is, they're, they're a good website. Yes. So what do you guys think about Harrison Ford replacing William Hurt in the MCU as General Thunderbolt Ross? Let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story. Nick, what you got for us next? Next story comes to us from The Hollywood Reporter. Um, in the uh, more Blade news, mm-hmm. uh, previously reported that the director was leaving. So in the wake of parting ways with director Bassam Tariq two weeks ago... Marvel Studios is actually pressing pause on the vampire adventure thriller that is set to star Oscar winner Mahershala Ali. So, I have conflicting thoughts about this. My first conflicting thought is, I think this is pretty this is pretty hardcore evidence that Kevin Feige is being stretched thin. Mm-hmm. That it got to this point. Mm-hmm. That they're about to start shooting the director left and now they're delaying the movie. So th- that in itself is upsetting. However... The fact that they are delaying it to make sure that it's correct. They brought in the new Moon Knight writer, a bow something. Mm -hmm. The fact that they're making sure that the movie is good and being done correctly before moving on. And this delay caused significant delays for other films, which we'll get into next. Means that they're very serious about making a a good Blade movie. Mm -hmm. And that maybe it was on the back burner in Kevin Feige's mind, whatever, however it got to this point. But he was like, oh, 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 shut that shit down. And, you know, the fact that they're taking it seriously and that it's important because by shutting this down, you're shutting other movies down means that I feel like the end product is going to be a good movie mm-hmm. because they're taking it this seriously. 
So while it sucks that we have to wait longer for Blade and other films as we'll get into, I'm happy that at least they recognize like we need to fucking fix whatever the fuck this is. Yes. And move on. That makes me happy to hear. What are your thoughts? Well, as Kevin Feige infamously said at Comic-Con years ago when they first announced Blade, when Mahershala Ali comes to you and says he wants to be Blade, you let Mahershala Ali be Blade. <laughs> yes, yes. So I think that that's honestly the most important aspect of it is mm-hmm. keeping Mahershala Ali as Blade. Mm-hmm. And there were rumors that he was unhappy with it as well, not even yeah. just from the director's standpoint, just overall the production and everything. So I think you need to do whatever you can to keep him happy yeah. and wanting to be Blade mm-hmm. and being a larger part of the universe instead of just a one-off with Blade. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I love Mahershala Ali and I really like Blade. And it's sad that we're going to have to wait longer, but if the end product is a better movie for it, then Mm -hmm. I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm just more sad because I really love this, the mythical side of the MCU. I agree. Which is where the characters that I really like, such as Moon Knight, such as um, Ghost Rider, Rider, such as um, the Black Knight, who was in Eternals and teased specifically with Blade in the post credit scene. Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night, which means the longer Blade takes, because I feel Mm -hmm. like Blade's going to be the the epicenter of all that. Yeah. The longer that takes, the longer it takes for Mm -hmm. me to get these characters again. Yeah. And that makes me sad. I I agree. But also... You know, with Kevin Feige's comments about Marshall Ali and Blade and, like, how, like, oh, like, you say yes if that happens. With the next story we're going to get into. Yeah. Blade was part of their plan. Yes. And then Marshall Ali was like, I want to do Blade. And they were like, well, would you look at that? <laughs> what, a, what a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were going to come to you anyway. Because these other delays I don't think would happen. Yeah. If, um... Blade didn't need to be there. If Blade didn't need to be there, exactly. Like, Mahershal Ali quits Blade. They're not scrapping Blade. They're just going to get a new Blade, mm-hmm. which would make me sad, but, you know. Yeah. But I think other people could play Blade great. But I'm excited that Mahershal Ali, for now, is sticking with the project and that they're taking the time to fix it. And we're going to lead that into our next story. These two are very closely connected. Because of the delay in Blade, what has happened, Nicholas? Well, our next story also comes to us from The Hollywood Reporter. This may have been the same article. (laughs) Uh, Disney is shaking up its release date calendar, pushing back multiple titles. Uh, Specifically, we're going to focus on four from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, those being Blade, Deadpool 3, Fantastic Four, and Avengers Secret Wars. Yes, so we infamously freaked out about two Avengers movies in one year. That's no longer happening. <laughs> yeah, that that got shot down real quick. But I'm going to have a similar opinion as to do in the Blade thing. Mm-hmm. I'm very sad that we're going to take longer to see these projects, specifically Fantastic Four and Blade. But I'm happy and Deadpool 3. But the, the Deadpool 3 delay is not that bad. It's like two months or something. Yeah. I'm happy that they now have more time to make these movies. Because mm-hmm. a problem we've seen recently, especially on a, from a VFX pipeline standpoint, lots of movies are taking longer to make, and they need more time. Yeah. You know, it's infamously said in the industry, movies are never finished, they're just released. Mm-hmm. And now I think we're going to finally see more polished, finished products, both on a VFX standpoint, from a story standpoint, from every standpoint. And I think that that's a good thing. I think that being able to have the time needed to do this is great. On the DC side... When they pushed James Wan's Aquaman from this year to next year, he said in a statement, thank God no shot was finished. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. And you it, know? that was in what? 
July, yeah. August. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you had a December, you had four yeah, months. Yeah, yeah. Go on. And like, but that's how crazy backed up the, the VFX pipelines are. Yeah. And so, you know, I think overall this is a good thing. And it shows that Marvel still does that thing where everything's connected. So you gotta mm-hmm. be okay and sure. And I'm also glad that Marvel's not afraid to make the shifts even though they've publicly announced stuff. Like, they publicly announced different dates for these movies, but they're not going to let that be a, oh, we're going to look bad if we move it. And it's like, does the movie need to move? Then fucking move it. Yeah. And I'm glad that they're, they have that Would you that rather mindset. see Avenged Secret Wars with unfinished effects? Yeah. Or would you rather have a great movie? Yeah. Yeah. And I think in the Secret Wars case, they just need more time to get those contracts from all those people from 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. But what are your thoughts on all these dates shifting, and do you think it's for better or worse? Um, kind of, I, I agree with what you said. I think that one of the biggest critiques lately has been VFX or just rushing. So maybe the script is needed like one or two more drafts, mm-hmm. et cetera. I mean, even in like the She-Hulk finale, they make a joke about VFX workers on another project, which yeah. just cause you address that you have the issue and make a joke. Does it, it doesn't resolve the issue, yep. but it was kind of funny, was but fun. like, you know, the the joke in that is that they play music from Wakanda Forever. Yeah. So, and that movie comes out in November. Yeah. And She-Hulk was probably filmed last year. Yeah. So, the fact that, like, that's... The joke still makes sense. Yeah. Um. No, I mean, I think it's a great thing, especially, you know, just getting the stories right. Because looking at them, one, you want Blade to be great because you want Mersh Ali. Mm-hmm. Deadpool 3, you have Hugh Jackman coming back. You want that to be perfect. Yeah. The Fantastic Four has not had a good movie. <laughs> Never. <laughs> so when you're doing this, yeah. then that needs the time to do it. And Avengers Secret Wars honestly might be too big to fail. Yeah. So they need to be really extra careful with that one. Yeah, Because that one has the opportunity to just bomb. The only thing that's upsetting me about them no longer being six months apart is I feel like they're going to put movies in between the two movies now. And that, oh. w- and that was my only problem with Infinity War. Is yeah. I was like, I wish it just went Infinity War Endgame. Not Instead Infinity of War Ant-Man. Ant-Man, Captain Marvel, Endgame. Yeah. You know? But, like, I get it, and, like, overall, I like those movies, so, like, I'm not upset about it. But, mm-hmm. I, I like, with the six-month gap, I was like, they have time for maybe a series. Yeah. You know? But, uh, but anyway, I think in the long run, it'll be for the better. But I am sad that we do have to wait longer for these titles. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's that's the way the news goes sometimes. It's the way it be. So let us know in the comments what you think about all of those, you know, release date shifting for Marvel. But before we move on to the box office, I just want to take care of some quick housekeeping. Well, we love having you join and watch us on YouTube. We get that life gets busy. You're constantly running around. Or maybe you just don't like to see our faces, especially next. So for listening, for your listening pleasure, the Movie Nights Roundtable is available in audio-only formats on Spotify, Apple, Google, and all other major podcasting platforms. Simply open your podcasting app of choice, type Movie Nights Roundtable into the search, and look for that big yellow logo. And now let's move on to the box office! The box office! Do you want me to go ahead and read our last week's predictions? What were our last week's predictions, All right, I'm going to throw that graphic up. Dalton had number one, Halloween, two, Smile, three, Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Four, The Woman King, and five, Amsterdam. On my side of things, I had Halloween, I had Smile, I had Lyle Lyle Crocodile, Amsterdam, and The Woman King. So we just swapped fourth and fifth. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So uh, how did we do? Well. Off the Sunday estimates. Off the Sunday estimates. I will post the final Monday numbers in the description. Coming in first, on a $20 million budget, making $41 million. <laughs> Halloween ends. Why? <laughs> Coming in second 
making $12 million, only dropping 33% from week two to week three, was Smile. That's an insane jump from first to second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Coming in third, making another $7 million, Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Coming in fourth, The Woman King, making another $3.7 million. And coming in fifth, Amsterdam, making another $2.8 million. That movie cost $80 million to make, by the way. It made how much? Two. In its second weekend. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but according to the Sunday estimates, I believe one of us got all five. Correct. That would be correct. Based off of these Sunday estimates, Dalton has swept all five currently. Uh, yes. This doesn't happen often, so I must live in this moment <laughs> and watch the, the, the fucking Monday numbers come out, and it's fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. That's happened before, yes. by the way, and it's not fun. Um, so I'm going to dive into the numbers a little bit here. And like I mentioned, Halloween ends on a budget of $20 million, has made $58 million worldwide if you include their international numbers. That's 2.9 times its budget. Blumhouse already making shmoney. Um, also, um, that was the lowest opening of the trilogy, and it's already made three times its budget. And it debuted day and date on Peacock. We'll dive into our review in a little bit here uh-huh. for Halloween Ends, but uh-huh. all I'll say is good for Jason Blum and good for Jamie Lee Curtis. And good for David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. Um, sure. <laughs> um, Technically. Com- coming in second was Smile, which I believe... Is Smile also Blumhouse? That I do not know. Uh, anyway, horror. It's October. Horror is going to do well. Yeah. Um, its total worldwide box office is $137 million on a budget of... Hold for show. There's no way it's high. 17. Goddamn. Woo! Good for Smile. Good for Smile. Good for Smile. That's how you make shmoney. Uh, third, as we said before, Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Because why not? Total worldwide box office, 26 on a budget of 50. Ouch. Yeah. Um, coming in fourth, The Woman King. Worldwide total, 76 on a budget of 50. So it's made one and a half. Not horrible, not great. Probably not profitable yet. Not from a profitability standpoint, but of in terms of people want to see this kind of stuff. Yeah, because it's, it's stayed great. in the top five. Yeah, and the drops have been so low. Yeah, that's great. Even especially especially for an all pretty much all Af- African American cast. And yeah. Amsterdam total worldwide box office eighteen on a budget of eighty. Yikes! Well, that movie's also got baggage. It, you should say baggage. Yeah, which is why I I didn't see it. Yeah. Um. I'm honestly shocked Lyle hasn't done better though. Yeah, for as a kids film, just from counter yeah. as a counter program, is that what they call it? Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. there's no other kids thing out right yeah. now. Yeah, that 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 is a bit surprising. Um, I also want to bring up that while Halloween Ends might have opened the lowest in the trilogy, the box office really needed a forty million opening. <laughs> they really needed that shit. Yeah, and uh, you know, glad that they had it. Um, no one watches Peacock apparently. Although I do, th- I do think it could have. I think both this and Halloween Kills could have opened higher mm-hmm. without the Peacock release. Well, that's where I ended up having to watch it because mm-hmm. I couldn't make it to the movie on Thursday, so yeah. I did watch it on Peacock. So I did appreciate that it was available. Yes, of course. Um, also, let's do our predictions for next week. Yes. Would you like to go first, Mister Winner? I would. All right. Hit me with it. I'm call down here. Call me crazy. Okay. I'm gonna say Black Adam number one. I think you're wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> I think Lyle's going to take it this week. Uh, yep, I think yep, it's going it's to jump. This is All the right. week. Black Adam. Number two, Halloween ends. I'm just putting Halloween on there That's, just from yeah. a spatial thing. I think our 
viewers can figure it out. I think they'll get it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Number three, Smile. Okay. Does anything open with Black Adam? Oh, I believe um, I believe the uh, Ticket to Paradise with George Clooney and Julia Roberts Ooh, comes out. Okay, this changes. Hold this, on, let me check. If that's true, this changes things. Thursday, October 20th is the first time I'm seeing it. Yep. So, yes, that movie does come out, and it changes things. Till comes out as well, but I think Till might be a limited release. I'm not sure. Here's the thing. Old people aren't going to the movies. I'll keep smile number three, Ticket to Paradise number four, and... Woman King number five. I might regret putting Julia Roberts and George Clooney that low. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. I can tell you that right now. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go. Call me a little crazy. Call me a little su- silly, goofy guy. Mm-hmm. Going to go Black Adam number one. Fucking goober. Right off the grate. Yep. Right, right, right off the bat there. Mm-hmm. We're going to go Halloween ends, unfortunately, number two. <laughs> okay. I am going to go Ticket to Paradise. Number three? Paradise number three. Okay. I'm going to go Smile number four. Mm-hmm. And we're going to keep Woman King there in fifth. Okay. And let me tell you why. I really want to see Ticket to Paradise. So I'll probably end up seeing it as well. Can I tell you why it's that low? Why? How do bros do? That's fair. Yep. And the reason why I'm putting it above how much bros makes because this has Julie Roberts and George Clooney. I feel like you are. It's a fa- that's a fair assumption, but also, how many people recognize Billy Eichner? No, no, no. Versus that, that, that's why I'm giving it the edge. Yeah. In terms of it's going to make more, but no one is seeing rom coms in theaters right now, and it's October. Yeah, that's that's a valid point. Mm-hmm. I but I could be wrong. I've been very wrong before when it comes to this stuff. So, yes, those are our predictions for next week's box office. Come back next week to see who was right and who was wrong. Yes. And um, now, ladies and gentlemen, we have our little movie review. And boy, it won't be little, I feel like. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and like, and here's the thing. Whenever we talk about things on the show that we don't enjoy, we're not bashing. We're not being overtly negative. We just like to talk about movies. And we like to critique and criticize movies from two people who've never made a feature film before. We've made very independent short films. And we saw how much of a headache and hassle that is. Yes. So, you know, this comes from a place of we know we know a little about the film industry, mm-hmm. but I couldn't make that movie. You know, so, so, so when we do this, it's we just like the conversation about movies and we're not going to promote like stuff we hate on the channel, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, but I didn't hate the movie. L- let's get into it. Halloween ends. Halloween ends. Finally, we feel <laughs> that that's good. That's a title, I think. That that's a title. Mm, I don't. Maybe. Let's we'll, see. Let's see if it makes it. We'll we'll, we'll see. I stand by it. <laughs> um. Halloween ends. I know we have somewhat differing opinions on this. Yes. I think overall it's the same. But okay, where I think we're the same, D- disappointing movie. Mm-hmm. Um, not great, not a very good film. But I like it a little bit more than you do. He- here's my thing: I would say that I'm disappointed in it, mm-hmm. but I would have been more. Would you say disappointed and let down are the same? Yeah. Okay. Well, 
So like if Halloween Kills was, I wasn't a big fan of that one. Yeah. That so that it, was more disappointing. So if that had been better, and then I, this is what happened, I, I would be disappointed in this. This saying. one, I was just like, it kind of already had a lower bar for yeah, me going yeah. in, mm-hmm. and it kind of just met what I expected. I see. So, do you want to do spoilers or no? You know, I was actually gonna gonna talk to you about that. I think we should just do it because I mean, we okay. see it on we see it on Thursday. The show comes out on Tuesday. Okay. How about this? We'll start off non-spoilery, and then we'll. Get into it. Yeah. Okay. So non-spoiler thoughts. That way people can just like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Non-spoiler thoughts. hmm They were trying to tell two different stories. hmm One story, the main story, if you will, was not advertised, one. hmm Two, I think would have been a great idea for a new Halloween reboot. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of the story they were doing, which we'll get into when we do spoilers. But for the third movie of this trilogy, why are you telling that story? Like, that's not that's not why I'm here, you know? Yeah. And even then, I think what we got in that story, some of it was very interesting. Some of it was very well done. There's a new character in the film. This is where we differ. I thought the character and the actor were, very, were great. I loved the performance of the actor. I did not. Yeah. The storyline he has with the granddaughter of Laurie Strode that I didn't enjoy. I didn't mm-hmm. think that worked. Um, but him himself, I thought, was great. There's stuff that happens in the movie with him that I think is not great. But I'm watching the movie, and it's a bold decision that they're making. But they don't fully commit to it. And I'm just like, what? why are we doing this story now? Like, I feel like if the second movie didn't exist, which I think most people would appreciate. And it was just four years after Halloween 2018, and you have a new story that was advertised, Mm -hmm. I think you could work that story better, you know? Especially if the last 10 minutes of this movie happened at the end of Halloween 2018. Yeah. I feel like you could do that, you know? But, um, interestingly, the movie doesn't come together. The two storylines they're trying to tell don't come together. Mm -hmm. In in Halloween Kills, they sidelined Laurie Strode, and this one, they sidelined fucking Michael Myers. Yeah. Um... The last 20 minutes are great. <laughs> or 10 minutes, probably. Yeah. Are pretty great. And that's what everyone came to see. You mean the trailer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, good marketing move. But... Yeah, I mean, it made $40 million. Yeah. But the thing that's... Yeah. But the thing that's fascinating is the 2018 one is great. I've, I have very much thoroughly enjoyed the 2018 one. I have one. one problem with the 2018 one, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it's the fucking Doctor character. Yes. That I every time I rewatch the movie, I'm like, that's right, this fucking guy. But Halloween Kills did not like. Mm-hmm. This movie, I think, is better than Halloween Kills, but not nearly as good as 2018. And I wouldn't even go to call it a great movie, but I don't think it's a horrible movie. Like, I thought Halloween Kills was just a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I might need time on this one. I don't know if I think this is a bad movie. But it's very uneven, and I don't think it's good. Like, I rarely give out... Like, when I give out grades, I rarely give out Cs. Yeah. Like, just... Middle of the road, yeah. And that's what I gave this movie. Here's my thing with it. Mm-hmm. Halloween Kills. So, there's bad movies mm-hmm. where you're like, I don't think I can watch this. Yeah. And then there's bad movies that you can kind of have some fun with. Yeah. Like, Amorbius. Yeah. I think Halloween Kills is bad movie. I don't think I can w- want to watch this. Halloween ends. I might want to rewatch for funsies. 
Really? And like, yes. Because there were just certain things, like things in Halloween, like I think Halloween Kills just wasn't structured well. I, the, I'll give you that. This one had a structural issue, but this one I could still be like, wow, that was an interesting decision. Yeah. Or like, what what's happening right mm-hmm. now? It's kind of like in Halloween Kills when Michael Myers kicks the door and hits the gun and the girl shoots herself. Yeah. That's my favorite part of that movie. <laughs> and there's a few just, and I know that's everyone's least favorite part of that movie. Yeah. There's just moments in Halloween Ends that remind me of that. So mm-hmm. there's more of it, which I think it makes it a little more interesting and entertaining to watch. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I'll give Halloween Kills is it's just there's a lot of Michael Myers killing people in the movie. And, like, that's nice. Which is great. Yes. Yeah. But, like, everything else in the movie didn't work. And I can see stuff they were trying to do in Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. Like, they were trying to tell a story about mob culture. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work. I just thought it was poorly done. I admired the what yeah. they were going for. It just didn't work. Mob culture, agency, the victims not yeah. being victims anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then ending up being victims. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I honestly feel like I, I, I really want to know the behind the scenes story of how the trilogy came to be. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm, I'm, I, I don't know this, but I feel like I'm positive in that when they pitched it to Blumhouse, they just pitched the one movie. Yeah. And then some deal got made where they had to do two more. Here's my thing. You know what this felt like to me? Hmm. This felt like the new Star Wars trilogy. Okay. Where we had a good one, got some nostalgia going. Yeah. The second one, you're like, what's happening? I know there's Last Jedi Defenders, and they'll probably come for me in the comments, which is fine. I like. Last I don't Jedi. dislike that movie, yeah. but then all of a sudden, like the wide backlash that it got. Yes. They were like, oh shit, let's course correct. So then you get, um, uh, 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 uh oh my god, Rise, Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker, and you're just like, what? Where did any of these storylines come from? Yeah. And that's what Halloween Ends felt like, where mm-hmm. we're just in it, and you're like, wait. I feel like I'm missing, like, 40% of stuff that happened here. But what's funny is in terms of, like, movie to movie, I would actually compare more Halloween Ends to Last Jedi in terms of what it was doing to story Uh and where it was taking you and how it's like, oh, this is a bit unexpected. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's get into spoilers now. Yeah, let's just do... Yeah. Future Editing Dalton, put, like, a spoilers thing up. I'll still forget. (laughs) Um, uh, They introduced a new character named Corey. Who I really liked the opening scene of the film and his backstory. Who basically, um, I think it was the year after the 2018 Halloween. He yes. he's babysitting, and in an accident, he accidentally kills the kid. And it's a total it's a total accident. Mm-hmm. But he gets obviously shown in a negative light in Haddonfield, and he eventually all his hopes and dreams of going to a great college get destroyed, and he becomes a mechanic. And it's like. You instantly feel for him, and I think the performance is really good. I know Nick doesn't like it. I thought I, th- I thought the actor was excellent. I thought he was excellent in the film, and uh, you really feel for this guy. And he, but he still has this darkness in him of like from when that happened, and eventually in the story, he goes, he gets thrown off a bridge, and in this cave, uh, Michael Myers is there, who has been hiding for four years, which you know because because. One shot of like dog carcasses would have been cool because he in the first Halloween movie in 1978, like he eats dogs, yeah. So I'm like, something to show how he's living, right? Maybe there is in the background, I just didn't see it. But um, he sees Michael Myers, <coughs> and the execution of this I didn't enjoy, but the idea of it I like kind of like the Martha moment in Batman v Superman, yeah. The idea of 
through the eyes of Michael Myers, who, as anyone knows in any Halloween movie, is just pure evil. As this movie being the last in a long franchise, yeah. canonical or not, yeah. reaffirms at least 20 times throughout that yeah. Michael Myers is the essence of, of evil. evil. Yeah. And it's like, I, I'm aware. Yeah. and But, but anyway, yeah. through that kind of gets the evil kind of gets into him mm-hmm. with the rage he feels towards towards his community and how he's seen in this negative light. Yeah. And he kind of slowly starts the path of becoming a psychopath, basically becoming a new Michael Myers, which is why I think for a reboot would have been great. And I, I actually w- listened to Dan Merle's review, yeah. and he thought that Michael Myers, he goes, when I first was watching it, I didn't think Michael Myers was really in the cave. I thought it was like an Empire Strikes Back thing where it's like, oh, this is like a, just something he sees, you know, oh. and it's like see, see, and it's like that could have been a really interesting idea, you know, because some some of the movie touches on that I loved, but they only touch on it fucking once. Is every Halloween people in Haddonfield are like killing themselves or mm. doing something just because of the horrific stuff, the history of the town with Michael yeah. Myers, and it was so fascinating. But then they never talk about it again. That's the thing. The movie. the movie sets up a lot more interesting concepts. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's a cool concept because they did that. It's like, yeah, yeah, they did it for one shot. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't even call it that. Yeah. And I, I do want to clarify a bit about my performance critiques. Okay. I think he was great when he was the quiet, mm-hmm. like, meek, just kind of, mm-hmm. I'm just going to do my job. Yeah. And I'm just meant to be yelled at mm-hmm. and just taking that and mm-hmm. leaving. It was when he had to be like angry or like have the freak outs. And I'm like, this just isn't good. I don't know. I, I liked it. W- one storyline that I also did really like was when Lori starts helping him. Yes. is like, you and I are the same. We're both like, mm-hmm. she goes, I know it was an accident, but the town looks at you mm-hmm. like this certain way let me help you. We can do this together. She like mm-hmm. slashes the kids tires that were burning. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then 10 minutes later, she's like angry at her granddaughter mm-hmm. and like, you need to stop seeing him. And it's like, hold up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so let's get into that. So yeah. where I also like that when Lori and him mm-hmm. were, you know, when she was helping him. Yeah. And what I didn't like in the movie is his relationship with the granddaughter. Yeah. I think that was completely unnecessary. I think they should have either done him meeting the granddaughter randomly and Lori being like, you need to stay away from him. I see this in him. Yeah. Or have Lori just helping him the entire time and him still going to it. Yeah. Don't mesh the two. I fully agree with yeah. you. And I also, not only did I, did I not like the storyline, I love both actors individually. They had no chemistry. None. See, I haven't liked him. I haven't liked the granddaughter in any See, of them. I didn't. Mi- I didn't mind the granddaughter. Yeah, but like no chemistry. Mm-hmm. Like to the point where even H- Hannah was watching the movie with me, and she taps me and she's like, "They have no chemistry." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I see. Yeah, like it's." But um, the. But anyway, I didn't like that storyline, mm-hmm. and I like the idea of Laurie Strode seeing the eyes of Michael in him, and then like, yeah, that's it. A good scene that turned into a bad scene. The Jaws moment where he sees the mother of the kid that he accidentally killed. Yeah. Starts off great. Then they go outside and argue with each other, and it's it's horrible. Yeah. Like, that is that scene was awful. But, like, the beginning of it, when he sees the mother, I thought was great. Mm-hmm. And the implied of, like, them divorcing with the father, and then the father seeing him being like, that's not, that's not the kid. I'm like, okay, that's all interesting. 
Can I tell you what I kind of liked, though? Go on. I liked when him and Michael Myers were killing people together. Okay. <laughs> I thought that he- was fucking cool. Here's <laughs> here. Here's my issue with all of that. Mm-hmm. Why would Michael Myers do that? Yeah. I couldn't buy into that. Yeah. Which it's like, yeah, that's cool that they're killing people. Why is Michael not killing him? Being like, who the fuck are you? For a second. Yeah. When he brought a body for Michael to kill and then Michael like got powerful again. Okay, listen, listen, listen. I was crying laughing because of how much I loved that. He's like in this cave, like <laughs> fucking banging into yeah. walls, like like hunched over, barely walking. Yeah. This guy is like holding this guy back. Michael Myers like stabs him once and is like, "Yeah, I heard you." Yeah, and just the implication that him killing gives him power. Yeah. Oh, it made me so happy, dude. I loved, I loved That's it. My favorite part. But here's the thing: I thought, and what a crazy twist the story would have been. I thought he was also gonna kill Corey. Like I yeah. thought he was gonna kill the cop and then kill him, which. I would have had mixed feelings about also, mm-hmm. but but anyway, my least favorite scene in the movie is when Corey just fucking fights Michael Myers and takes his mask and fucks off. <laughs> I hate like, that like, scene. Like it's nothing. Yeah. Because Michael Myers is already rejuvenated at yeah, that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm going to call it. Yeah. He's rejuvenated. Uh-huh. He is healed. So that, yeah, he's an old man mm-hmm. technically at the end of the day, but also he's not a man because yeah. he's evil. That, and that's my whole favorite part of the whole series. And yeah. this movie has a great moment that does that. But anyway, continue. But yeah, and he just takes him like it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I, that was something else. Now, granted, if this was a reboot. Sure. And we were following yeah. Corey the whole movie and he kills Michael Myers. Different scenario, right? The, the but thing, I'm but I'm right. literally watching this movie to watch Laurie Strode find Michael Myers, and this guy just like kind of beats his ass and takes his mask. I mean, he doesn't beat his ass; he kind of just like gets him on the ground and takes it and runs away. But I'm just yeah. like, okay. Well, because the thing with that too is like the concept of it. Like you're watching him kill these people, Corey, mm-hmm. and he's struggling. Yeah. Whereas Michael Myers just walks up and is like, "Hey, you're dead." Yeah. Next. Uh huh. Um, but thing- like. I want to see someone dub that scene so bad of when he fights Michael Myers because yeah. of how I pictured it was Michael Myers being like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, stop. stop. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you some positives that I did like. Most of the kills. Yeah. Um, One kill kind of bothered me a bit, and mm-hmm. it's when Michael Myers... It's in that rampage where they're killing both stuff. Michael Myers stabs a girl with a knife mm-hmm. and she stays on the wall up high and I'm like that's just not possible it's from the first movie though is it from 1978 he kills someone the exact same way really yeah okay. Bob yeah alright that was that was just like mm-hmm. sh- there's no way that would work yeah but I didn't realize it was a yeah, homage it was, it was a callback yeah um, the kill where he's ki- uh, Corey is mm-hmm. killing because when Corey goes on his little rampage yeah he kills the guy with the blowtorch, the kid, and yes. like, just like blowtorching his mouth. Yeah. Oh, and the fact that it was like out of like focus, I was mm-hmm. like, that's even more horrifying. Yeah. The best one though, the best part of the whole movie, I'll say it, is when he kills the radio DJ, cuts his tongue off, and it drops onto On the, the record, record, and yeah. the record is skipping because it's hitting the tongue. <laughs> that was the greatest thing. <laughs> that reminded me of the gun in Halloween Kills. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, this is what I'm here for. Yeah. Um, I really like the kill with the girl who gets run over and the fence gets on her. 
That's a good one. Yeah. And he just... Yeah. Um, I hated that scene, though. That whole sequence? Yeah. The uh, setup of it was cool. Like, of course, he's going to kill these kids. Yeah. But, like, just the whole... Oh, and the guy with the gun. Yeah. yeah. I loved that character, too. Like, yeah. Like, he's just, yeah. like... Yeah. <laughs> just chilling. Yeah. Um. Now, my favorite part of the movie... And story-wise, I hated the... Okay, so what I liked... Lori pretends she's going to kill herself to lure Corey in, and she just absolutely wrecks his shit, which was great. My thing was, how did she know he was there? She like when as soon as she walked into her house, she knew. Okay, like if you, I, I if you go back and watch it, that part like, kind yeah. of I was just like, yeah, what's happening? Yeah, and uh, she fucks him up. Yeah, daughter sees it. Whatever. That was good when Corey does the yeah, yeah. but Lori kind of knew it was coming a mm-hmm. little bit yeah and so but anyway michael comes back for the mask and which story-wise makes sense from the rebooter trilogy they established in 2018 that he really likes that mask he really needs that mask yeah, yeah. so like him being at laurie's house wasn't like i'm here to kill laurie it was i'm here to, to get my mask back mm-hmm. which i feel mixed about but but it's consistent with what they've been setting up but then he sees laurie and he's like Ah, I might as well try to fucking kill you again. Hi, Lori. Yeah. I do. I do love the whole thing of just like he just never killed her, and yeah. he's like, nah, I'll try again. Yeah. Like I, I always hated in the original timelines, like the sister stuff was stupid. I'm glad they ignored that. Mm-hmm. But now the actual showdown, which is just the end of the movie of literally Lori Show being like, no oh, shit, that's Michael. I that's Michael Myers. I better fucking kill this guy. Like, yeah. The actual showdown is awesome, and my favorite part of the movie. Is when she has him, she knifes like his hands uh, hands and feet down. Oh, when she's nailing the knife with a cast iron yeah, to like dig yeah. it in farther. Oh. But when she says, she's like <coughs> talking shit and she's like, you know what? You're just a man. And as soon as she says that, his fucking hand rips through the knife and grabs her. That's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Because what? whenever my favorite aspect of Halloween is the question of, is Michael Myers just a man or is he something more? Mm-hmm. And the reason, one of the reasons I hated Halloween Kills is because it definitively, he's not a man Yeah. in Halloween Kills. You're, you're always supposed to have little moments of it. 2018 did it well, and Halloween Ends did it well. Mm-hmm. Of, like, little moments of, is he just a guy, or is he not? Like, I love the moment in 2018 Halloween when he walks past a baby, stops, but then doesn't do anything. Yeah. Great moment, you know? And um, the actual end, the actual, like... If the if the last ten minutes of this movie were in Halloween twenty eighteen, would have been great. Yeah, just one movie. Yeah, or or day. you can watch the twenty eighteen Halloween and just tell yourself like, oh, he died in the fire. Yeah, you know. Also, this is random. Our recent CinemaSins did one for Halloween Kills, and uh, at some point in the movie, someone says, "Yeah, there was a fire at the Strode House, but it it got put out." And then the guy goes. We literally saw Michael kill all the firefighters. Who the fuck put the fire out? <laughs> and I just like didn't think about that. That's funny. It was just a random thing I just got in yeah, my head. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah. So my grade on Halloween is either a C or a C plus. Halloween ends. I don't give out C's very often. I'm normally in the D's, mm-hmm. F's, B, A's. I genuinely that just generally means like there's enough good and enough bad in this movie where I'm just like mm-hmm. dead middle. Yeah. In a world of recommend or don't, here's what I'll say. I don't recommend it on a... I think there are other movies you could see that are out right now. Mm -hmm. But I also am of the fact of... Just because I don't like a movie 
doesn't mean that you will mm-hmm. not like it. Maybe you'll love it. Yeah. So that's my end. My my personal on it without clauses or mm-hmm. it, I'll just say I don't recommend it. Okay. I'll just give it that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. In a yeah. world of do or don't. If we're just gonna do, if we're gonna do black and white on that, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go don't. Yeah. I don't want to give any stipulation. Yes. Thing. Yeah. Same. Um. Love David Gordon Green. Love Danny McBride. But I think David Gordon Green's gonna do an Exorcist thing. Interesting. Which I'm looking forward okay. to. All right. Hopefully, just keep it one, please. Yeah. And uh, yeah. If anything, this trilogy at least gave us the 2018 Halloween movie, which I really, really liked. I will give it that. And if I ever do like Halloween rewatches in the future, I might do 78 and 2018 back to back. Although I might order the original Halloween 2 on 4K because I don't hate that movie. I liken the original Halloween 2 to Jaws 2. Okay. Where you're like, man, if Jaws didn't exist. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Exactly yeah. how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what. I like Season of the Witch. <laughs> Halloween 3. <laughs> I know yeah. it's not canonical to anything. They yeah. did do the blue text. They did. Which I liked. And I think Corey's mask that he kills in should have been the mask from it. But mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there at this yeah. point. Well, they did. And Halloween Kills, someone has like a pumpkin. on. Like they, they yes. do that. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. So that's our little review on Halloween Ends. And, uh, you know, before we go today... If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, don't forget to subscribe to the official Movie Nights YouTube channel for weekly shows and movie reviews. You can also check us out on our social channels where we post updates, short video clips, and more. Those links can be found in the video description. Do you have anything else you wanted to add? No. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for the show, and we'll see you next week.